1: less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear my name is sierra de Mulder,
1: and i'm sam blackwell and today we're going to read a letter from nope and today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who works with her ex and her ex's new girlfriend but <laughs> before is... we begin <laughs> we just want to give you our surgeon general's warning that sierra and i are not licensed mental health practitioners
0: no we're not uh i i'm sorry i'm distracted by how much i love today's letter because it's in a middle school y'all there's queer drama going on with your middle school teachers that you don't know about absolutely hernandez i don't even there's another
1: another layer to this is that the letter writer also supervises her ex's new girlfriend
0: i can't wait (laughs) We're going to dive into that letter, but first I have to tell you that we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this, so please take Sam and I's advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love- I said we were going to dive into today's letter, but I lied. First, we're going to do a quick check-in topic because it's Monday. First first episode of the week, we do a check-in topic. Uh, today's check-in topic is inspired by an idea Sam had, so I'm going to let them explain it to you.
1: Yeah, I was uh, running and listening to a podcast, and I had this, like, this realization about something about myself that I frequently don't tell people when I meet them or like in the beginning (laughs) stages of dating because I don't know how they're going to react to it and so I was thinking about like what are the like not terrible toxic horrible things about us that we would keep to ourselves because we don't want it to be a deal breaker from somebody yeah it's not like toxic
0: relationship with a family member it's like a little tiny sort of petty mildly embarrassing or particular thing or like
1: an embarrassing thing that you do or whatever yeah. it might be that you're just like, I'm going to keep this on the DL until I've kind of tricked yeah. them into liking me enough that yeah. I can share this with them and they won't like react yeah. immediately. <laughs> it's like a minor orange flag or like a, yeah. a potential no, deal like breaker. A,
0: it's just something that you don't, it's, you don't like come out guns. Blaring with it or whatever, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't uh-huh. lead with this. Like, so yes, so absolutely. we're gonna. Sam and I are gonna share some things that we uh realized we wouldn't necessarily lead with.
1: Yes, and the you thing that inspired this topic, right? The thing that I was thinking about myself that I don't share is that <laughs> are you I ready don't. To tell
0: thousands. Of I know. I'm really this?
1: nervous. Is that I don't <laughs> like Prince, like the artist. I can't. And, Some caveats to this because I've had this conversation so many times that I like know what everyone's reaction is going to be, which is one I understand and and appreciate Prince as an artist. I think he redefined pop music like if I think you can point to Prince and say, like, this person is the catalyst for all of the music that I like subsequently. Right. Like that is 100 percent true. And I know that he's important. Particularly in Minneapolis, and that he is an icon and a hero here. And I absolutely agree and think that he should be. It's just that if I'm at a wedding and you put on Purple Rain, I am going to leave the dance floor and go get my next drink. Like it is, it is not, it doesn't speak to me. It's not mine. I didn't grow up with Prince. <laughs> the
0: doves and, are crying, my and dude. The, all of the, the songs are very repetitive are and they're all seven
1: minutes long. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, you know, what? honestly, I'm like very neutral for Prince. I, so I'm fine with this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This might be like a Minneapolis specific thing because like everyone here is so. Yeah. Understandably is like so adamant about Prince's excellence. And he is, he's excellent. He's an amazing artist. And also like, I don't really like any of his songs.
0: (laughs) Right. Totally. Um, Okay, cool. I will share mine. Um, My one that I don't come out with immediately but is a very everyday part of my life is I fall asleep every night listening to an audiobook. It doesn't matter if we like <laughs> just had the most intense like passionate lovemaking session. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm exhausted. It mm-hmm. it is my uh sleep crutch. Like that's just I fall asleep every night and to the point where my wife doesn't want wants to fall asleep to silence like a normal human being, and so I turn it down to this the quietest level, and I stick it under my pillow and listen to it through my pillow <laughs>
1: through, through the pillow the vibrations
0: <laughs> yeah I and love that. The, the 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 like the the level up of this secret the the even deeper thing that I wouldn't oh, confess God, we, that my wife getting... knows now
1: Uh-oh. is that.
0: I often listen to the same like 3 to 6 audiobooks.
1: <laughs> I know this about you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you all know I already, like I listen to Game of Thrones like three times a year, things like that. Like I'm listening to The Hunger Games again right now. I know The Hunger Games book so well. I'm not like I'm a fan of it, but it's not like like why am I listening to The Hunger Games for like the seventh <laughs> time? Like I don't need that in it's my life. Question. I know what happens to Katniss. Like I know she shoots yeah. the arrow and the apples fall down and the food blows up like i know this but for some reason mm-hmm. it just is comforting to me so i repeat I audiobooks and i fall asleep listening to them it's not very sexy do you know what i mean it's not you don't want to no, lead that. with yeah. that because yeah. you don't want to be like Oh wow, that sex was great. I'm gonna roll over and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna turn on Game of Thrones to <laughs> fall just, asleep to, just like a like sociopath. put it under
1: my pillow and listen to it quietly as I fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, I just don't. I
0: don't lead with that. <clears throat>
1: I love that. I love that. Do you have another one. I, um, the other thing. Okay, so my other one is that like I am very anti-work, and so I think everyone's job is really stupid and like all made up, like. <laughs> There are very few of us in this world who actually do things that are like, that are helpful to like society as a whole. That is the most
0: pessimistic thing I've ever heard come out of your beautiful pessimistic mouth.
1: Which is why I would never lead with it because like, because one, because like it's very pessimistic and I like, and that's like a really, it's more nuanced than that, but that's like the brunt of it, (laughs) right? Yeah. And also people find a lot of meaning in their work. And so when I come in and I'm like, all jobs are stupid and made up, and they're like, wait a minute, like, this is important to me. I love being a marketer. Yeah, and I'm like, cool, you like selling things to people. Got it, love that. Right, like, (laughs) (laughs) I just... And, uh, and so I don't lead with that, I right? I, that's something yeah. that's like, after the fifth date, hey, I'll be like... we're not proud
0: of any of these things. We're not saying these... You know, we're, <laughs> we're saying these five years in to just break up. Not the first year. We didn't lead with these things. Well,
1: no, we didn't lead. Yeah. These are all... We trust you all <laughs> yeah, enough to know yeah. us well enough that you can look past our, our annoying things about us. <laughs>
0: uh, my last one is uh, something that I literally will hide from people that I'm dating. I... I'm actually I'm a pretty tidy person. Like I like to keep a tidy space. I'm atrocious with laundry, like putting laundry away. I have the notorious like laundry pile that I oh pull clothes from. Do you do the same thing or no?
1: Um I but, have uh, all of our laundry oh. unfolded, sitting in the basement and has been down there for three days. So I absolutely <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah,
0: I really. And and so it's and it's kind of at odds with the rest of my like cleanliness pattern. I, I like to keep a tidy house. I like tidying up at the end of the day. Um, I'm just atrocious at like putting my clothes away. In a timely fashion, so then I end up like pulling from the clean laundry pile and Mm -hmm. then that pile Mm -hmm. becomes a messy pile. Whatever. And honestly, the why I know my wife loves me is because she's very meticulous at putting her clothes away. And she has told me that she has just gotten used to the pile of clothing on my dresser and she doesn't see it anymore. (laughs) But I, because That's i like you know cute. like i clean my house before people come over it's just something that i do to like mitigate it's something i like to do and um if we were like newly dating i would hide my laundry pile
1: yeah oh for sure <laughs> because Absolutely. i'm
0: mildly ashamed of it because i wish i wish i was better at it and i'm just not
1: <laughs> uh huh uh huh
0: yeah Okay, I think so that's really relatable, things. though.
1: I think a lot of people will yeah. <laughs> will relate to that because, like, know, I don't think anyone thing is, likes folding laundry.
0: Yeah, I, you know how we all have like different communication styles and we have different conflict styles and attachment styles. I think we all have different relationships to our clothing and getting dressed. Like, like I know my wife gets dressed to feel comfortable, to feel good, but she doesn't really put a lot of worth into that. She doesn't care what she looks like based on her clothes. Whereas I. In sort of like an unhealthy way, like uh, there are days that it takes me a long time to get dressed because I want to put on something that makes me feel good about my appearance because of whatever insecurity I have. So I tend to change a lot. I don't know if you do that, but like mm-hmm. in getting dressed, it takes me a while to like pick out what to wear to a fault in a way that I don't like. So that also leads to the laundry because like I'm like always taking clothes. but every day or
1: just like <laughs> when you're like.
0: Probably every, every Three days, it okay. takes me a couple outfits to pick out. Or like if I'm going, yeah, yeah. It, it also no, if I'm like leaving the like- house,
1: I might like cha- like put on yeah. multiple things. But like generally, yeah. it's like I've got my staples, and I just kind of stick yeah. to to those things.
0: Yeah, my staples are devolving into just like a sweatshirt, <laughs> <laughs> which feels great because then I don't have to think about it. But um
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah, I don't like that way that my insecurity manifests, but that leads to more laundry because I'm taking clothing nicely folded out of the drawer or off the hanger, trying it on and putting it back, but don't have the, you know, the wherewithal to like actually put it away.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And
0: our, uh, honestly, if you go upstairs right now, our bedroom, our bed is made, the house, the, the room is clean and tidy. And then there's a pile of clothing on my dresser, <laughs> <laughs> just outing my secret to you all.
1: Anyway. I love it. Well, that was sort of the point of this. Yeah. Yeah, topic, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We, what would we call these? They're not, they're not like orange flags because they're not necessarily bad, but they're no. like, they're things that you hide. <laughs> they're like, what is it in medication when it's, it's a slow release? <laughs> it's a yeah, timed yeah. release. It is,
1: that's exactly. It's like a time. Yeah. So these are a time gel, gel cap or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. going to come out eventually, but not right away.
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't need to lead with it, Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to dive into this letter?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, this letter is coming to us from middle school teacher drama, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from eighth grade. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I just I'm I'm just tickled by the fact that this is happening in a middle school somewhere. Uh, Not laughing at you, laughing maybe next to you. I don't know. Here we go. My fiance broke things off in March of 2023. We had been together for nearly five years and we living together for three years. She decided she didn't want kids. I have three and have had them the entire time. To be fair, she said from the jump she didn't like kids, but she also said that the one thing she was sure of is wanting me, so she was going to make it work. Also, according to her, she fell out of love with me a year and a half ago when she had surgery. Despite all of the love and care I provided during that time, it wasn't enough for her. I didn't pawn off my kids to my ex-wife and or totally ignore them, and I fell off the pedestal in her words. Additionally, a few months before the breakup, I got the sense that she and a friend were catching feelings for each other. I was told that nothing was there and that I was making the friend feel uncomfortable. Now comes the complicated part. We work together in a public building. I work with her, her mother, her aunt. I teach her cousins. And she is now dating another teacher in the building who I... Have a supervisory rollover. You guessed it. The friend I was worried about. Oh, no. They moved in together this summer. That is so much. That's so much. <laughs> this this is me just saying that. That's a it's a s- lot. They
1: broke up in March, and these two I people can't. are already moving in together. <laughs> I,
0: I can't get over working with her mother. Like
1: <laughs> also that. <laughs>
0: When my ex and I broke up, I literally blocked his mother's phone number. Like that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the extent, the ripple effect that I need to like create a sense of safety around. So the fact that that's she real. can't do this anyway, continuing. I spent the summer working on myself as a full-time job, walking, yoga, meditation, journaling, reading, Reiki, crystals, vision boarding, manifesting, rekindling friendships, therapy. I feel like I came a long way. Being back at work with dot, 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 everyone, dot, 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 is challenging in a way that the summer was not. No Mm -hmm. contract is... Oh, No contact is not an option. I need to be professional and friendly with all of them. Meanwhile, my ex corners me at work from time to time to talk to me about the fights she's having with her new girlfriend. Similar themes to the fights we had. She calls me with questions about work. She cries to me and says I'm the only person who really knows her. Meanwhile, I'm not fully over this breakup. I know she did me a favor. There were numerous red flags. There were many ways our values didn't align. By the end, I had shrunk down to a shell of myself and was crying myself to sleep, laying next to her in bed, oblivious. How can I move on without no contact? How do I set boundaries in this situation in which I don't want personal issues to spill over into work? How do I be a kind, loving, supportive person to my ex and her family and begrudgingly to her new girlfriend while being kind, loving, and supportive to myself?
1: Mm. Oof.
0: Woof, woof, woof.
1: Yeah. Thank you for writing to us, middle school teacher drama. Um, and I am sorry about this breakup. Um, and I also appreciate that you are kind of recognizing that this person wasn't the person for you. Um, and I think that that is evident both in how they treated you in the relationship and also how they're treating you after this relationship as well. Um, and being a a uh, public school middle school teacher is hard enough without having oh to navigate. I was, giggling.
0: <laughs> I was giggling about it, but I'm sorry. This is just atrocious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is such a tricky spot to be in.
1: Yes. Um yeah, I can't imagine trying to educate a bunch of pubescent children and also navigating the fact that you are working with your ex your ex's girlfriend, your ex's mom, your ex's aunt, like all of those things, like that's a lot, that's a lot. And it's not surprising Mm. to me that, you know, that you're in this new school year and all of this stuff is coming up in ways that it maybe wasn't this summer because now you're around it all the time, right? And that that is really stressful. So I appreciate that you are trying your best to figure out how to navigate this really tricky situation. I don't think that Sierra and I can give you any sort of like, perfectly clear path in how to make this like not uncomfortable or weird or hard, uh, but we do want to offer you some solidarity and and help you think about exactly what you talked about around making sure that the personal and the work are kept separate in a way that's going to make sure that you can do your job effectively and also preserve some of your peace given that you can't be away from The people that you work with Mm -hmm. that are also your ex and all of your ex's relations so we're going to get into some of that when we get back but we're going to take a short break
0: Uh, giggling aside, I am so grateful that you wrote us, that you trust us with this letter because this is a really hard spot to be in because so many of these things, like you said, are out of your control. I think that Sam and I can offer you, um, like nods in the directions of the small things you do have control over, which will hopefully bring you some sense of, Peace or clarity uh, to help you move through this time um, of healing. First, I just want to say, you know, the last sentence in your letter, basically, like, how can I be kind and compassionate to these people while being kind to myself? I just want to, like, give you permission to temporarily maybe alter your definition of kindness. Like, Mm. let's let's simplify it. Being kind to them is not being an asshole. <laughs> it can be that simple. Like Love you can that. tell yourself, guess what? My, my definition, you, and your definition of kindness can change, you know, from day to day. But, you know, t- Monday morning, you walk into school and you tell yourself, my definition of being kind is not being a jerk, like not being explicitly rude or hurtful. My definition of being kind is not throwing all the trash that I know in their face or exploding at them in the teacher's line. That's my definition of kindness. And so when you don't do those things, (laughs) you've checked that box, but you don't have to go above and beyond to be warm. You know, you can be cheerful and stupid. You can keep it simple, right? But you don't, you have to, you can relieve yourself of the pressure to be an all giving all comforting, you know, always warm and available person and simplify it. Your goal is to, is to not be intentionally hurtful, is to not be cruel. I want to use that word like the, the beyond hurtful, you know, don't be cruel to these people, but that's about what you owe them right now in, in comparison to what you owe yourself and your healing. You're not your ex's emotional support animal right? I know that you were together for a really long time. And also I'm going to do the thing that Sam did to me so many years ago and say, this person chose to not be with you and chose to end your obligation to be their emotional support. It is not appropriate that your ex, no matter how long you were together, no matter how close you are, no matter how isolated she may feel in this time, It is inappropriate of her to come to you with concerns about her new relationship because you are that is not your role anymore. And she's overstepping her boundaries by doing that. And honestly, if she feels like you're the only person who understands her, that may very much be true in her body. That is not a burden you are responsible for fulfilling just because she feels that way because you have that experience. Like, I just want to just be explicit that like this is an overstepping of boundaries on your ex's part. Do you have to go to work and see all these people? Yes. Can you be cheerful and stupid? Yes. Can you can you put up those emotional barriers within yourself just to be like, I'm going to be friendly, but I'm not going to overextend myself? Yes. And also when they come to you and say, can I complain about my new girlfriend that I essentially left you for or whatever, you can say, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. I am no longer available to talk to you about your personal issues, I want to be, you know, Sam's much better at the boundary script. What would you say?
1: Basically exactly that. You know, if she comes and talks to you about your relationship, I i would say explicitly to her, that's not a conversation that I'm going to be having with you. Right. Period. It makes me uncomfortable when you talk to me about your current ex. We you could are not. Say
0: it's hurtful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Makes you uncomfortable. It's hurtful you and i are no longer in relationship with each other and so we can talk about we can talk about work but that's where it ends right like i think that that i think you need to be as explicit as possible about that with this person because it sounds like they're really good at overstepping boundaries and if this person is cornering you or continuing to talk to you about this stuff i give you permission to leave the room i give you permission to not answer your phone like i i want to say that like you know we have this conversation around the difference between rules and boundaries and and like boundaries are stuff that we have to enforce for ourselves right these are boundaries are about decisions that we have to make based on what other people are doing so if she comes and talks to you about this kind of stuff the boundary is that i'm gonna say stop and if she doesn't stop i'm gonna leave i'm gonna withdraw her access to me or if she's calling me about something, I'm not going to pick up the phone unless it's work hours, right? I think that's a reasonable thing to do. I think it's if she's got call if she's got questions about work, she can ask other people about them, right? Unless it's like particular to you and if it's particular to you and something that you need to do, then you can she can answer, she can get those questions answered when you are at work together, right? That I the the issue here is that like there are certain expectations that we need to have of our coworkers. And I think that those are understandable things. Right. But I also, am like, you can treat these people the way you would treat your least liked coworker. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where it's like, yes, I have to respond to your emails, but we don't have to go for drinks after work. You know, like there's, there's so many different layers of access that we can offer people. And of course, like you need to get paid. I absolutely understand that. And they have to be at work with you too. And so there is like a base level of of conversation that you need to have with each other in order to like functionally do your jobs. But this, this expectation that everyone is friends and gets along and that you have to somehow be like really close with your ex after this is not actually true. Right. You don't owe you don't owe any of your coworkers that, first of all. And secondly, you especially don't owe it to this ex of yours who is like doing inappropriate things to you in the workplace. <laughs> like it is. It, it is. It's like deeply, it's, it's not just like uncomfortable. It's also like harmful that she continues to do this for you and is doing it in a way where you feel like you don't have an escape, right? Like that's the, the worst part of it. Like, it's not like you're, she's coming up to you on the street and trying to talk to you about this thing where you can like go back to your friends or whatever. Like she's doing this to you at work, which is so deeply inappropriate. And I think, I think that you need to be really clear about what your parameters are for what this relationship is and I want you to feel empowered to say no to this person or even not say no just like not engage with this person when they are doing this type of stuff right like it's easier said than done, of course, because I know that you probably still have feelings for for her, right? Like, I know that you probably still care about her and her mom and her aunt and her cousins. And also, you can continue to care about her mom and her aunt and her cousins without caring as much about her, too, <laughs> right? Like, Well, and it's not about not caring.
0: It's about saying that my care is not safe with this person right now. It doesn't matter yes. how much you care about her. I, 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 and I mean that tenderly, you know. We're not saying stop caring about this person. We're saying put a barrier between your care and this person. That this, Absolutely. this you can this person is not entitled to that care anymore and unfortunately because she keeps crossing over these boundaries and asking for your support in such an inappropriate way, unfortunately it falls to you to put the barrier up to say like it is not It's not comfortable, safe, or healing for me to talk about your new relationship. You need to find support elsewhere because you chose to not have me as this emotional support anymore.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: speaking and of also, support,
1: you are choosing ahead. to not be her emotional support anymore too, right? Like yes. you also choice choice.
0: choice. This is yep. the
1: choice that you have that you are making as well, and I hope that you make it because you you don't deserve to be put in this situation. No, and this yeah. question that you have around like I don't want my personal in- issues to spill over into work, and I just want to say like your personal issues aren't spilling over into work. Your ex's personal issues are spilling into work and you are trying to figure out how to keep those things separate. Right? So like the idea that you're a human who has human relationships with people doesn't like, isn't an indication that somehow the personal is getting too involved in this, but your ex is definitely stepping over the line here and bringing things that are inappropriate to be asking you to do because you're obligated to be there. And that's the issue here. So the more that you can sort of push back against this person asking you these inappropriate things or telling you these inappropriate things is actually doing what you're trying to do, which is keep work at work and keep all of the bullshit stuff around your breakup out of the workplace. Right. And, and she's trying to bring that bullshit into the workplace (laughs) and that's, that is not, That is not okay, Right. And like I'm not trying to say this in like an HR way where I'm like nobody should bring their selves to work. Right. Like I'm saying this in a way of like Sam also doesn't (laughs) think any
0: jobs are real. So that's absolutely
1: right. And like (laughs) you are the fact that you are like contractually obligated to be in the same room together (laughs) means that like, yeah, we got to keep we got to keep things compartmentalized because like you're not doing this out of your own accord. You're doing this because you need to go to work and you need to make money and this is the job that you have. And I know that from being married to a teacher, it's very difficult to find job, find a different job in the middle of a school year, right? Like you're kind of, you're kind of in this until, until school's out eventually.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing I want to add in here is um, the idea of your support system. You know, your ex is obviously trying to lean on you quite a bit. I want to make sure that you carve out a small and intentional space, like whether it be reaching out to one of those friendships that you reconnected to this summer or a friend or family member or whatnot um, and saying like my work my workspace right now is really stressful. Can I talk to you about it? Can I share this with you so that you have somebody to text like, oh my God, my ex tried to talk to me about her new girlfriend today in the middle of homeroom. I just need to exhale this to somebody like I need somebody. I I I, I want you to have somebody there to help you stay on track with your goals and with those barriers between you and this person. Person and your love for them or your desire to, to comfort them. Um, and you deserve that. You deserve somebody to help you through this. And I know that's hard. I, I hesitated to ask that because um, I know that when a relationship like this ends, your support system is often um, a bit f- fresh and raw because you went from having this very personal connection that probably took up a lot of your time and energy. So your, your friendships might feel like they need, that you need to put some time and energy into them before you ask of them. But I just want to encourage you to like, share this burden with someone else and be like, can I text you um when I'm feeling stressed about this? Or like, I went out to um dinner the other night with a friend and I was just on the, when I got home, I told Willow, like how nice it is to have shared language, to have shared experiences, to like, reference back to, like, I hadn't seen this friend in a couple of months, but it was so nice to be like, oh, and how's that job going? How's that issue with your partner going? You know, it was so nice to have this like shared language and understanding. And I want you to have somebody in your corner that knows what's up that can say, hey, how was work this week? How did your ex do? Do you feel like you, you know, were pushed in some way or whatever? So, this is me encouraging you to not only put up those boundaries with those other people, with, with the other people at work, but also to reach out to somebody within your community to get some extra support.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like Sierra and I said at the beginning, we know that this is really hard in lots of different ways. Um, Thank you for being a teacher, uh, and oh God, for yes. <laughs> for being willing to put up with being a queer all teacher. Of the bullshit, yeah, all of the bullshit that teachers get. Um, thank you for being a middle school teacher, because I feel like that's a particular oh God, yes. uh, brand of bullshit that, <laughs> that middle schoolers <laughs> bring into into the school day. Um, and uh, know that Sierra and I are here to support you in this. We are really appreciative that you reached out to us and asked us this question um, and that we have a lot of faith in you to be able to say what you need to say to shut down these conversations if they need to be shut down. And that hopefully over time, as things go on, it'll get easier and easier for you to navigate the difference between what's an okay thing for us to talk about at work versus what's a thing that is stepping over a line into a place where you don't wanna be. Um, But we're here and we know that this is really tricky.
0: We love you, thanks for writing and we hope this helps.
1: Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like ad free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash just breakup pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise.
1: Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Just Breakup is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, Producing All Magical Things by our good friend, Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and remember, sometimes being kind isn't giving all of ourselves. Sometimes being kind is being polite, is showing up when you don't want to, but not overextending yourself to the point of self-harm or self-sabotage. Sometimes being simply kind is just enough. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.